the swag after boss. And welcome to another episode of the Sartorio and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style. Thank you again for joining us. And today I want to talk about gaming. Well, at least with the download. Today's download is an oldie but goodie, and that is Sonic Adventure 2. Now, this is a download that I recently purchased through one of Microsoft's holiday sales. It was like five bucks. And this is a game I originally owned on the Dreamcast, and I wish I still had my Dreamcast lying around. If you've been listening to the podcast before, you know that I also have Sega Bass Fishing, which was also released on the Dreamcast originally way back when on my Xbox. And I also own Sonic Adventure 1 on my Xbox, which is one of those games I've had since my 360 days and have played through again on the 360 after beating it on the Dreamcast with several different characters just because. And Sonic Adventure 2 is one that I never completed on the Dreamcast. I loved it. It was a great game in many respects. In other respects, I I didn't care for playing a Sonic. Uh, it was that 90s dark, excuse me, not 90s, uh, I guess late 90s, early 2000s way of making a game edgy by having a darker version of the main character as a, a villain and then ultimately, I believe they teamed up toward the end. I don't exactly remember uh, how that worked. But it was something that was new and different for Sonic then. And as we know, over the years, uh, not all of the new and different uh, game mechanic storylines for Sonic has worked out that well. Uh, in many respects, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 are held in high regard with regards to Sonic's 3D adventures. And one of the great things about the, the Xbox is that with its backwards compatibility, you can see whether or not if this high regard is held while looking through eyes of nostalgia or if they can still hold up to the games of today and in my opinion both Sonic 1 and particularly in this case Sonic 2 hold up well uh, there are some frustrating things that come around uh, with gameplay from the early 2000s but hell we're looking at what's going on with Cyberpunk 2027 right now and I don't think we can really complain about any game from the early 2000s considering how games are shipping practically unfinished and trying to finish with a patch nowadays so that is the download for this week sonic adventure 2 now while sonic adventure 2 is a sequel i want to talk to you about the prequels the star wars prequels uh, yes i know that is a topic of disdain for a lot of people particularly star wars fans i will tell you when episode one came out i literally went to the theater four separate times to watch it i was just so excited to see a new star wars movie good or bad on the big screen 1999 was an interesting year we had just gotten the re-releases of the original trilogy and they updated the year or two or the few years before and then in 99 we got the prequel, the episode one, The Phantom Menace, which realistically the best part of that movie is the duel of the fates with the duel with Qui-Gon Jinn, um, Qui 
Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi and John Williams score that frankly makes the whole movie now with that as episode two or when episode two came out back then I was again I'm a Star Wars fan I loved everything to George Lucas at the time and just the fact that I'm able to go see a new Star Wars movie in the movie theater was exciting now mind you I did not go to see episode two uh three, four times, nor did I see episode four, three, four times um, in the movie theater. But I did go on opening night uh, for both of those, and I remember enjoying both. Now, subsequently, years later, when the all of the DVDs for episodes one through six, and this is how long ago this was, was released, I bought them, and I watched all of them, and that was so many years ago, and doing moves over the years a lot of my dvd collection from back in college and undergrad and grad school got lost or misplaced or stolen so those things are no longer in my possession i say all of that to say i haven't watched episode two episode one or episode three for that matter uh, in a very very long time i will always go back to episodes four five and six uh, till my dying day those are quintessential star wars if i watch nothing else I watched them because they hold up so well, um, even with the updates in the special effects from the special editions. Just the pacing of those movies go so well. They aren't super duper long. They don't try to expand the story more than what they need to. And that brings me to watching episode two. So I got on Disney Plus the other day. And because of some other material I've been reading and looking at over the past few uh, days, I had some interesting parties who had never seen episode two before. So they were curious about certain aspects based on some of the things we were talking about. So we were, we were watching episode two and I realized how boring it is. Oh my goodness. It is so boring. I mean, I absolutely did not like Hayden Christensen as an actor then I felt like his Anakin was just oh it got on my nerves and I could care less about the storyline between him and Padme falling in love but the movie was one too long all of those scenes all of that storyline just went on far too long for the pace of this movie then and we're not even talking about the action scenes we're talking about how in today's modern movies and how people are able to do things with just cell phones and computers you can blatantly see the green screening in a lot of those scenes and it's painful to watch now mind you i'm not even watching these movies on this super new 4K, 8K TV, I'm watching on a 13-year-old 1080i at the most, plasma TV. So this picture is, that way, is great color reproduction, but it is not the sharpest image. And then, compared to some of the other TVs that you can get today for a lot less price than what we paid for this back in the day. And also, I'm streaming via Disney+. Plus. So we're talking about maybe 1080p, if not, if not, is you know, at the most is 720p, uh, depending on the internet connection. So the fact that I can see that at not the highest fidelity is not that you can see the bleeding of the green screens and everything. It's all how the actors stood on the set or the fake set for the green screen. You could so tell it was green screened. And then this is why the original truly holds up where the prequels don't. CGI does not age well. 
Yoda looks like a walking turd in episode 2 in my opinion. It was the best they could do at the times, but as a reason why the Yoda in Empire Strikes Back looks so much better than the Yoda in episode 2. CGI does not work well. And then, oh man, the fight choreography, the battle scenes, it's painful to watch. I literally, you can go on YouTube now and find fan films that are better when it comes to pacing, when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to script and, and writing, when it comes to the damn special effects compared to 2002's Attack of the Clones. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to rip on George Lucas, but episode two, episode two is painful to watch in 2021. And I am afraid to go back and revisit episode one now mind you i have revisited episode three bits and pieces because actually it's weird i found a bootleg dvd that i had of it in, in my garage cleaning up and i tell you how long i've had that um <laughs> uh that a friend made for me way back when and i enjoyed watching that that one is paced a bit better um hayden christian's performance is a bit better i still feel like at that point in his career he did not convey what the audience wanted to see in an Anakin. He was not a sympathetic character. He was a character that annoyed, much like, uh, for me, Ben Kenobi was in uh, Episode 7. Couldn't stand Ben Kenobi, couldn't stand Anakin. It was just, they were horrible characters from a getting the audience to like them getting the audience to care in this case about Anakin and an eventual and eventual turn to the dark side you didn't feel his emotions whatsoever you just thought he was this whiny little boy but I guess really that's what he was so I, I, I say for me as a Star Wars fan there's a reason why I've avoided the prequels for the most part like the plague in the past few years uh, and a lot of those issues are issues that I have with episode 7 really I, I have not watched episode 9 yet I am afraid to uh, let me know if I should watch episode 9 because uh, I heard nothing good from people whose opinions I respected about episode 9 but I did love I love The Last Jedi I, I thought that The Last Jedi was amazing um, sue me I thought that it was a movie that did the things and took the risk I would want in a Star Wars movie, especially after Episode 7, in my opinion, being such a paint-by-numbers Star Wars movie. And that was my biggest issue with Episode 7. It was paint-by-numbers. Um, it was nothing innovative, nothing creative. You just had pretty much bits and pieces, particularly of A New Hope, into a new movie with new characters that's like 30 years later. That's it, in my opinion hated it but last jedi i love that 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 is a rightful continuation of the original trilogy in my opinion and you know let me know if i should watch episode nine i am i'm going to one day but i just have i have such low expectations for episode nine uh much like uh my trepidation for even going back and rewatching one after watching two or episode one after watching episode two but yeah episode two does not hold up well at all 
for a modern movie going experience. I think that those of us that not just like Star Wars movies, but those of us that like movies, I think that we will really if you've never seen episode two and you watch it now, you're a fan of movies and the filmmaking process like I am. I'm not a filmmaker, but one of the best things I loved about DVDs is the filmmaker commentaries, the actor commentaries, the behind the scenes, the special effects tutorials, how this was done. Like that part fascinates me. Pacing, storyline, script to scene sort of featurettes. I love those things. So for someone like me to watch episode two and to see how like you got 30 minutes from here, 15 minutes from here, could have changed that down, like to make it a better movie. But then you watch the Mandalorian, which I am only four episodes into season one. But that is a Star Wars experience that we have been begging for. Like that is that is Star Wars in every way, shape, and form, from the characters to the motivations to just the overall atmosphere. It was it is beautiful. So watching something like that that really is everything that George Lucas built, and then watching episode two afterward especially with all the clones and oh man it's it's really horrible i hate to be crapping on episode two like this but episode two all the way around is just not a good movie it's it's not a good star wars movie it is just not a good movie all right i'm gonna i'm gonna stop harping on episode two right now you just heard me slap my leg uh with my hand because i'm just i i could really harp on this for a long time but we're going to take a break and we come back and talk about a couple more things. We're going to talk about my review of Crossing Number 4 from Red Stylo Media. And also we're going to jump into our fragrance of the week. And we're back. And early, I believe I said Cyberpunk 2027 instead of Cyberpunk 2077. So yeah, that was a, a goof on my part. The weirdest thing about that game is I still am interested in playing it whenever they get it patched. It just looks like such an immersive game. And from everything I hear about it, from those who actually can play it on PC and on next-gen systems, it's a fairly decent to pretty good game. It's just that it works like absolute trash on anything that's not a next-gen system or a pro system or a PC from what I understand. So, yeah, uh, that's that on Cyberpunk. Now, I want to talk about comics for a minute. And I've a long time ago, I talked about, I believe I talked about, I don't know. I've been following and a fan of Red Stylo Media, independent comic publishing company um, out of the Baltimore area for some years. I had the good fortune of speaking to and interviewing the uh, editor of Red Styler, Enrique Jang, many, many, many years ago, and as a result became a fan initially with their book as Tucker, and I've personally supported, I believe, most if not all of their Kickstarters that have come out since, and now crossing number five has come out and i keep saying number four because they've come out so intermittently maybe every six months ago i forget which one i actually read last but uh crossing number five was the most recent kickstarter and it was delivered earlier 
last month, last month as in December 2020. And it is written by Enrique Jang, art by Alex Cormack, and inks and everything else by Mark Mullaney of Ninja Bear fame. Now, this issue is, in my opinion, a bit of a departure from the four that preceded it. It is not as uh, lighthearted, even though we're dealing with uh, ghosts and death on train tracks. But it's darker because you get to see more of the mysteries or more of the plot points with regards to uh, what's going on, how Nina ultimately died, what sort of conspiracy was going on in her high school with her old track coach, could her sister be in danger, and as a result of this darker tone, and then we also rope in gangsters out of the blue and dealing with them with one of the other ghosts and he is using his insider knowledge to kind of set up the coach to get arrested so the cops can ultimately find out what's going on how he's involved in all of these deaths that are occurring that just look like suicides on the train tracks but I wrap all that in together because I keep looking back at the book and I've read the book many times. The bad thing about it is that it's a standard size comic, but the story goes so fast. So by the time you really get knee deep in the story and you want to know more, it's over. And then we have to wait for issue six. And Enrica, when is that book coming out? I need it. I need it like crack, man. I need crossing number five. It's going to be number six. Yeah, I always forget which ones I uh, actually read. But the art and the coloring reflects the darkness and tone where the story is going in this issue so i've constantly have have had to go back to make sure that alex did the art because of the coloring and even it seems like a departure from the issues before i have to ask is a different person drawing this book and it is just, I, I have to tell you, I am i am picky when it comes to comic books. You know, anybody knows me, uh, who knew me back in the day, knew I bought every single thing that I possibly could. Now, I'm very selective about what I buy. And for me personally to consistently go back and help fund a book. And this book, particularly, I think it was my Kickstarter was 30 bucks, And I got a whole package of assorted other goodies that came along with this book. Patches and stickers and all types of other goodies that will probably just stay on my shelf. But I wanted to support because I believe in uh, what Red Slilo is doing. And they consistently, and I mean consistently, put out really high quality top notch books. So that is my quick review on Crossing Number 5 by Red Stylo Media. Uh, if you have not uh, gotten your chance to read it, uh, check out their... Uh, website redstylo.com I think it is or is redstylomedia.com one of the two uh, the real link is going to be in the show notes and definitely pick up a digital version of issues 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 if they are available you will not be disappointed with the high level of storytelling and art in this series so that's it crossing from Red Stylo Media and that's our comic interlude for the week and now we have to get to what some of you i know come for every single week and that is the fragrance of the week 
And this week's fragrance, I am still going through that fantastic discovery set I received for Christmas from Chris Collins. And this week's fragrance is Renaissance Man. Renaissance Man is described as an energetic emotional fragrance. Renaissance unites different natural elements of from marine notes to honey to bergamot. It takes its name from the French word for rebirth in the Harlem Renaissance of the 20th century, a time of renewed creativity in Manhattan. The spicy gourmand feel of the scent creates moments full of vitality. So with that, you're going to have top notes of marina chords, bergamot, and ginger, heart notes of cinnamon, sage, and honey, and then base notes of tonka bean, tobacco, and leather. And the description of this fragrance really does it justice. I really enjoy the balance of the spice and the sweetness. Now, on the top notes, in my opinion, I really get the marina chords more so than bergamot. And maybe that's because I'm used to a lot of fragrances that use bergamot in the opening to where the bergamot is the prominent note and not so much kind of the uh, secondary or tertiary notes of that but definitely the marina chords and then ginger really pops as well and that spice and that goes well into the heart notes where you get a sweet uh, herby maybe more of a uh, earthy note and spice with that the ginger melts very well as you're going into the cinnamon and the sage and the honey so you get the sweetness of the honey and the spice of the cinnamon and then that that earthiness of of the of the sage and it's just man it is just so good and i still get those aquatic accords melding into that it is just really fantastic and then so you have that brightness that vitality that rebirth where it comes from the name but then you get to the base notes and the tonka bean the tobacco and the leather let me tell you i have come through my fragrance journey really to appreciate leather and tobacco when it's done right i think those are two of the sexiest notes in fragrances and again this is not those sort of notes aren't ones you necessarily wear to the office this is i could wear this to the office but i wouldn't want to wear it to the office if you know what i mean uh, so far with all of the chris collins uh, fragrances that i've i've reviewed Personally, these are all ones that if anybody's up on you, they are going to be driven crazy. I mean, seriously, it's the, the fragrances are like that. They are high quality. Don't get me wrong. These are not cheap. I think most of the fragrances run anywhere from 175 to 225 for a bottle. I don't remember if that's a 60 ml or 100 ml. Uh, these are fragrances. And then a lot of these fragrances, I would tell you, aren't worth it at that price. So for my opinion, these are worth it. I am really looking like, hmm, when do I have that sort of money to buy a bottle of, of one of these? That, that That's how good they are. But in this case, Renaissance Man is definitely an experience. It's I'm stuttering because it's so good as I continue to sniff and sniff and sniff uh, on this fragrance. It is just a really good fragrance it is a, a really good wearing out date night fragrance i would say even black tie affair fragrance you are it is very much a sophisticated man's scent you you are not wearing this as a 19 year old going to the prom this is not the fragrance for you this is a man's scent like a grown ass man's scent 
yeah, Renaissance Man from Chris Collins, a knocked out of the park with this one. It is an absolute gem, and I'm only too into talking about this discovery set on the on the podcast. We have many, many more to go in. Like I said, I've tried most of them personally so far, individually. Everyone is a home run. There is not one that I've tried so far that I've been disappointed with whatsoever. And that runs across the gamut of all of the different notes that they use. So that's Renaissance Man from Chris Collins. And that has been another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style. Where, of course, we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I have been your host, Webster Style. Thank you again. Find us on the internet at WebsterStyle.com or SartorialGeek.com. Also, find us on Instagram at WebsterStyle or at SartorialGeek or on Twitter at WebsterStyle. Thank you again for giving your time and attention to these words. I hope that you enjoyed yourself and got a little bit of knowledge and a whole lot of fun. Until next time, stay safe and be blessed. Oh, you want to say, oh, I completely read that wrong.